Uh, yes, yeah, so obviously we had some good feedback from last time, but if you did want to get involved, um, obviously you can drop messages on board, chat and the replies, or you can send us your feedback and voice messages um, to anchor.fm slash port underscore. He works in IT. He works in IT. I'm just going like, to read a link. I'm literally reading it off the screen in front of me and I, I'm still not right. Let's try that again. Let's try that again. I'm Nicola Cave. I'm Dan Hayes. I'm Mike Grimmer. I'm Dan Bond. I'm James Cave. And this is the Port Chat Podcast. Right, this is week two of uh, of our podcast. It, it was quite good to see some of the reaction to uh, our first furore into the world of, world of podcasting last week. Um, quite interesting to look at the stats relating to the listening audience too. Um, I think we've learned quite a lot about how engaged our fan base is and how passionate they all are. Uh, I mean, to be honest, I've had a great weekend just because purely uh, being called young, being called, being referred to as young has made made my week to be honest and uh, pushing 40 oh yeah oh, no mr me. hayes as well absolutely love it i'm the granddad of the room and oh, i love that, this us, us whippersnappers with our <laughs> with our podcasting we need some more old pogies on the podcast that's what we have so I, I took that on board right so i, I we and we got some really nice feedback and, and we're genuinely grateful for anyone who, who who took the time to to say anything about the podcast at all but i was uh, i think the the, the point about the older voices was really interesting because I mean, we, you know, with the plan is we, we, we are going to get some guests on. I think we're just getting our feet under the table, figuring out the format and everything. But I, I really took that to heart. So I made a real effort. And this week, I'm a week older than I was last week. So I made a real <laughs> effort. <laughs> Can we all vote a round of applause for the uh, dedication of Mr. Cave there for, for a, whole, a whole week older? Well done. Well done. Um, Kidderminster, uh, as we said earlier, brilliant, brilliant result. Um, Mike. You were uh, you were lucky to uh, at the game. Tell oh. us, tell us a bit about it. Let's let's have your view from from the match itself. Yep, I definitely was lucky enough to be at the game. And after uh, the six 0 last season, I think some people were quite brave in uh, brave in going. But yeah, it was a fantastic result. I mean, when we when we look at the fixtures at the start of the season and see games like Kidderminster away any of them what any of them like that and after you go to a place like Hagborough you're always going to think it's going to be a really tough game and to be honest we the biggest compliment I'll give to the side overall is we never looked like we were going to lose that game um uh, it was a fantastic result really a few changes from uh when we played Farsley the week before uh I would argue an enforced change in goal uh, McMillan kept his place after coming on for Mason at, at half hour against Farsley I think it was um I'm told that he was looking all right in the warm-up Cam Mason, but uh, I wasn't there early enough, I'm afraid, to comment on that. And then uh, Doyle came in for Munro as well, which was uh, pretty pivotal for the first goal. Um, nice long throw. Set up, interestingly enough, with uh, Charlie Oliver uh, in the defensive midfield. Uh, you'd argue probably alongside Bainbridge, 4-2-3-1, I think, on, on Saturday. Um, I described it as 4-2-4 at one point, but I don't think that was quite right. Josh Marmon. No, but I think... Yeah. 
I think with that though, you've probably hit a, a nail on the head though. When we're attacking, we do attack with with yeah. with a lot forward, don't we? So in possession, in the with the ball, we actually do play with a three up front, four three three. It's only without the ball that we leave Marcus up on his own, isn't it? And that they sort of, the other two sort of drop back in. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I mean, to be honest, it was uh, it was just uh, I guess if you if you can't tell what formation we're playing, I don't I don't know if anyone's ever described Southport as dynamic before, but it definitely felt that way. To, definitely felt that way uh, on Saturday. Uh, we we. We kept them to very, very little. Um, the the best chance was on about five minutes where they put a ball through uh, through our centre half. Tony McMillan came out, came off his line really quickly. Good stop, couple of good stops from him. But other than that, the defence wasn't overly troubled, and we really kept them to long range shots, going into the box, deflecting, deflecting everything like that. And we just looked composed. And from the minute we went one 0 up, uh, we 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 just uh, we really did look good. Um, I'm sure if you see, I assume you've all seen the highlights now. First goal, uh, it's it's classic Southport, really. It's a it's a long throw in from the left hand side um, up towards their um, their home ends. It gets nodded on. I think the uh, I think the match report gave it to Anson, but without without wanting to knock an assist off his tally, definitely came off the Kidderminster centre half, knocked down, and then it was um, it was now Watson who put it away. Very nice finish. Very very easy. Classic Southport. And from that, we, we really didn't look bad. We looked strong, looked professional. We looked composed. Absolutely no complaints going one nil up at half-time. And then second half, they're, they're chasing the game at the end of the day. Um, we uh, uh, we have, uh, I mentioned Charlie Oliver, I'm sure we'll go on to in a minute, um, about who was man the match and stuff like that. But he's pivotal in the in the long ball. Um, the long ball is probably a harsh way of putting it, to be honest. It definitely wasn't a hoof. It was more of a, it's more of an actual attacking move. Uh, plays it forward to Carver into Amami, who plays it back to Carver, uh, and that's two 0 And it's it's game over, really. It's uh, it's uh, it's really good football. And sometimes we might not describe Southport in that way, but we, we look like so much the better side there. Absolutely fantastic. And then we should have realistically the only complaint I'll have is that uh, we we should have made it three or four. Um, Carver had um, had a golden opportunity on about an hour where he just. I, I feel it took a deflection at first, but watching it back, he, he unfortunately just uh, just puts it wide of the post. Other than that, a couple of a couple of chances on the counter, three on two, and things like that, which possibly we should do better on. But other than that, we we really look strong. We really look good, and absolutely no complaints. I don't think Kiddy can have any complaints with the result either. Two 0 we take the three points home, and um, yeah, we move on to Tuesday, which is another big game, obviously. But yeah, we. We, we were the better side. We looked good. Professional job. Um, and the one thing I mentioned at the end is how how passionate the players looked. They were they were really they really really worked hard. And you could tell you could tell how happy they were. They won that game. I've, I've not seen a reaction coming over to the fans um, like that um, this so far this season. Really really good performance. I, I can't compliment the side enough. Really. Um, I think we saw some comments on. Uh, on Facebook, Twitter, etc., saying our best performance of the season on a whole of ninety minutes absolutely was one hundred percent, and everyone's everyone's gone home happy. Fantastic result. Now that we've got players back injured, back from injury, it, we do seem to have a lot more options now, don't we? I mean, Jack Doyle's coming at left back, which has freed Charlie a up, hasn't it? He's gone into the into the central midfield and basically dictated the game from that position. Uh, I'll blow my own trumpet by calling it last week by saying I think he's one of our technically one of our best players with the ball at his feet. 
that role seems to suit him really well. Well, if we're, if we're blowing trumpets, Dan, I, I think if we if we go back to uh, <laughs> our predictions for the score predictions from last week. Uh, How long does this take? It took 10 <laughs> but, uh, minutes. Producer Roll Clip, because I, I think someone I think someone might have called that one. I can't, I can't think who it was. Someone might have called that one. No, I'm the optimist. Yeah, I mean, um, talked about uh, our uh, man of the matches you, you mentioned in there. Um, uh, Josh Amami was in the was the uh, in the non-league um, paper uh, team of the week. Uh, Charlie Oliver in the National League team of the week. Um, Oliver was given the the club man of the match and our Port Chat man of the match with almost seventy percent of the votes. So it was uh, pretty conclusive on that front. I don't think anyone's going to dispute that, Ali. I mean, Mike. I know that one of the first things you said was was how good Charlie Oliver had been. I think those those results speak for themselves, don't they? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Um, I mean, as soon as I did the uh, the uh, nominees for the uh, Port Chat one, I mean, I put Oliver at the top. Maybe I should have hidden that a bit better, to be honest. But he was far and away uh, the, the best player. I don't think I, I don't think I even nominated Mamari, to be honest. Uh, maybe I'm a bit harsh. In fact, I didn't, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, Oliver was far and away uh, our man the match. Uh, shout out to Tony Mack as well. Um, anytime you can give him a shout, out, I suppose that uh, always good. But a clean sheet for him as well. He was he was strong. But yeah, I mean, yeah, Charlie Oliver uh, far and away was was the best player. Completely ran the show. If you if you go to Kidderminster and keeping a clean sheet, your centre defensive midfielder's probably done something right, hasn't he? So yeah, re- really good performance from him. Really impressive. Um, I think I didn't mention Kwanzaa either. I thought he was fantastic as well at the back, uh, alongside Anson as well. Re- really strong together. Look like they've got a really good partnership going now. Um, I mean, you could even give it to Jack Dole for a long throw as well. But before long, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I've named ten or eleven of the, the players he played. To be honest, so it's oh, not really always a good sign anymore. Yeah, but it always is a good sign. But yeah, for me, it's got to be Oliver. And yeah, he got one of the. Uh, one of the social media man the matches as well. Uh, thoroughly, thoroughly deserved for him. And um, I don't know if anyone saw the stat. I think it was Southport's Twitter, so credit to them. Um, Oliver hasn't missed a minute of Southport football yet so far. The season, which really says a lot, uh, really says a lot. It, it's nice to see a player consistently playing week in, week out. And on the whole, what you can say at the moment, I know that you might be saying, oh, we don't have enough players, but the team is fairly consistent on the whole. Very few changes, two to two for last week. It, it, it's a consistent squad, and it, at the moment... Is one of those squad. was enforced. Like you say, one of those was enforced, exactly, wasn't it? You know, yeah. Mason, I mean, whether whether Mason's back for um, for, for tomorrow night or t- tonight, as it'll be when people hear this, um, against Spennymore, who knows? I mean, I'm presuming he was rested out of precaution, like you say, he seemed okay on uh, at the weekend, but um, why risk him when you've got Mr. Dependable there with Tony Mack? Right, let's move on to some club news. Um, we've uh, got a few little points to, to pick up on this week. Uh, last week, we talked about uh, the 3pm blackout. I put a nice little poll up on the forum. Um, interesting to see, obviously, 90% of the vote said that it, you know, wouldn't make a difference at all to them attending games, and 10% said they'd definitely attend less games. I, kind of what I'd expect from um, our uh, forum users, really, because it tends to be you know, the hardcore group of fans that are that are there, kind of come rain or shine. So, so that's that's uh, kind of expected. Um, but thanks for taking part in that. We're going to do a few more stuff, things like that, um, as we go on. Um, fixture update. Uh, so the Hereford game is now going to be Tuesday, the 20th of December. 
which makes it three um, long midweek trips in a row uh, in you know December. It's going to be it's going to be tough for our travelling contingent and for the team. Um, Academy, oh, go on. I think that's the other thing with the team, though, Nick. I mean, I, the point keeps being made on the Price of Football podcast about most of the National League now being full time, and obviously we're one of the few that aren't. But those three midweek games in December are going to be really tough for a part-time group of lads, aren't they? Yeah, it's oh, it's not going to be it's not going to be easy for them to to compete, and, and it's and it's bleak as well. It's not like it's a kind of at the the beginning or the tail end of the season where where the weather is usually a little bit kinder. It's it's going to be it's going to be tough all round. Um, so you know, and so fair play to to supporters that uh, that managed to make all of those those long midweek trips as well. Um, we talked about the academy last week. So if, if you're uh, in year 11 or 12 and you want to join the under-19s academy next year, uh, they've got um, trials going on on the 31st of October, which is next Monday. Um, check out the website for more details on that. Um, some really good opportunities for you to, to study and train and play. Um, we've got a Christmas party announced for the 10th of December details on the club website but they've got I believe they've got the fabulous uh, Hayley Murray lined up to uh, entertain so that should be a really really good night that's going to be um, on the 10th of December after the home match against Boston and it'll be really nice to, to get everyone together for that we've not done anything like that for a long time so yeah some, some good news coming out of the club this week Really good to see uh, live match updates uh, back at the Kidderminster game. Um, match day live, well received, welcomed by the fans. Really good service for the fans. We've always uh, been full of praise for that. So it was great to see a welcome return to that. Um, has anyone else got any news? Uh, I'm, 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 I'm made up to see match day live, but I, it, it holds a special place in my heart because I did it for a couple of years with, with uh, you, you know, some of the other team there. Um, I, I I I watched the comments around it with interest, and, and yeah, I know there's, I, I know there's a big push on like audio commentary and stuff like that. But when we used to do it, even when, you know, even on a Saturday game with with a thousand in the ground, that feed was still getting hundreds of people, and I think it was a really important service. And, and for, for whatever reason, there, there are some people who don't want or, or, or don't prefer audio commentary. I, I personally do. I, I, I prefer it when there's, a, if I'm not at a game and there's, there's an audio commentary, I'll genuinely listen to it. But I don't think that's any reason to, to, to attach less value on a service like Match Day Live. Um, I, I think it's really good the club have brought it back. And, uh, you know, I, I hope it was a successful trial and they, they keep it up. I, I think it's really beneficial for... Yeah, I'm working on a personal note, you know, on, a, on a, an away game that I can't get to. You know, usually I've got I've got the kids here. They, they you know, they want to be listening to their nursery rhymes or watching the stuff they're watching on TV. They don't want a, a, you know commentary going on in the background. So, so it's it's really handy to be able to just dip in and out and on the uh, on the text and see what's going on and get get a really good feel uh, for the game. So I think no, it's a great service and and well done to the club for uh, for launching that and the volunteers because it, it takes quite a bit of manpower to to get those sort of things running. So good work. Absolutely. I, I appreciate it on Saturday. I, I'll hold my hands up. I wasn't at Kidding Minister. I was at the University of Bolton Stadium watching England Rugby League. So I had it on my phone and I was scrolling through. <laughs> Would, could, never be, could never be me. So I, I was keeping updated with it that way. It's great. It is really good. And I, I appreciate it. Loads of other people appreciate it and, and you know, hope it continues. I, I know that Rob's already said that it's not going to be at Spenny more because, as Jay's already said, it takes a lot to keep that service going. And when you're on your own, 
in the far-flung reaches of the country, then it is difficult to do it. Um, but he, he has said that he'll try it for other games. So, yeah, brilliant. Keep bring it on. I think the, 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 thing with, the thing with National League North, right, is that you're not guaranteed to have internet at the grounds. You're not guaranteed to have phone reception. It's not like we go to, to a Premier League and all, all the facilities there are nicely laid out. When I was doing it, you'd get to some grounds and there was nothing. You, you wouldn't have a power outlet. You wouldn't have internet. You wouldn't have anything. And we did we did a lot of them um, based off like my mobile phone hotspot in the in a, the middle of flipping nowhere with no reception. So, and, and I think that's one of the things when when people say why isn't the club running their own commentary? Be, because we, we're relying on the facilities provided by other grounds is 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 one of the main reasons. And, and we just can't guarantee that. We, we Yeah, you can get a mobile dongle and that will cover you for 75% of the games, but they're probably the ones that people are at anyway. It, it's the ones at the back end of beyonds that you can't get to. Like, I would, you know, Brackley on a Tuesday night, you know, it, it's it, they're the ones where you need those facilities, you don't have them. So, so I think Match Day Live is a good start. You know, I, I, I think it is beneficial. I'm, I'm glad. That yeah, this is a chance back. for me to just jump on my soapbox and say that if uh, you are out there and you've got spare time and you're interested in, in you know, football, non-league media, and you want to help out, you know, volunteer volunteer you know the, the club are an open door uh, extremely welcoming you can gain some incredible experience I, you know I, I can testament to that it, it's it's really worth if you've got the time to give reach out to them you know they, they would appreciate that I'm sure well that's that's how I started back in 1996 with the with the, the first ever website in the conference that yeah, was my old, bag you old fuck. way back see that's the thing I'm not I'm not young I've been around a long long time now uh, but yeah like 1996 I started the first website for any club in the conference as it was back in back in the day but I did that coming straight out of school you know it is it, you know you can get some brilliant experience in non-league football so yeah if you if you are interested I, give the club a bell because I'm sure they will bite your hand off uh, right, a couple of other points I wanted to mention um Hot off the press today, obviously, we've got a new prime minister. And I, being sad, realised that under normal circumstances, having a manager in place under seven different prime ministers should be completely unheard of. Shouldn't it? But that is the case for Liam now. Is that, now, is that, including, me is that including all his spells or is that just this spell? That's, that's including all his spells, to be fair to him. But, and he did remind me today that actually, when you look at it, three of those are in the past year, but it's still a pretty remarkable fact, to be honest. So I'll give, I'll give, give him a shout out there. No, there'll be, uh, the be a 17-page thread about those chants. I'm not going to say what those chants are, but they'll be, oh, just, no, we don't need it. There will be. Yeah, that, that one. We'll, we'll avoid that, that one. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention, this is with my with the former players' hat on. So I rediscovered Fantasy Football League on Sky on on Friday. Now, I was sceptical <laughs> about this, about whether this would be any good. Because I'm thinking back to Badil and Skinner, and that was amazing you know, in the 90s. But I rediscovered that this week. And if anyone who's not seen it yet, Friday night's on Sky Showcase. It's fantastic. And there's a nice little surprise at the end because singing you out at the end of every episode every week is Lee Cullen. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing scenes. <laughs> it's worth the watch. I, I got asked by a Liverpool FC supporting friend of mine uh, this week if, if John Bishop is the only former South FC player to have starred in Doctor Who. <laughs> I said that is a very small Venn diagram. <laughs> yes, it is, yeah. it's, it's not, there's it's not a lot much crossover there. Yeah. I wouldn't put it past Lee Trundle popping up in Doctor Who, though. Wouldn't need any, uh, any prosthetics, would he? <laughs> 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 wow. 
just wanted to also mention the academy. Um, they uh, had a great result. They won three one away to uh, Cheadle Town Academy in the second round of the cup. Um, they're not playing this week as it is half term, as we mentioned. So their next game is the second of November against Stockport County. That's at two p.m. at JMO Sports Park in Scam. You know, anyone that wants to go down and support them, I think they'll be really appreciative of that. Um, and and it is great to see us uh, you know, developing this academy side. So really good work. Absolutely, I think they will. They'd, they'd love that. And Steve Juice has worked his backside off to get that academy up and running. So I think he will appreciate the support as well. Uh, one other thing I wanted to say on the community stuff before we we move on. Um, my son had a, a a team building night with his under 13s team on Friday, which was organised by the coaches with with the under 13s. So huge thanks from me to Simon, John, and Aaron for arranging it. The kids had a brilliant time, and that's the sort of thing that we really should be encouraging because getting these kids to not only become good footballers but also become well-rounded young adults as well is 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 brilliant but if there's an unsung hero this season for me at this club then Simon Bezik if he doesn't win it then there's there's no justice in the world what what he's achieved with with us since he came in four or five years ago to get to the point where he's now assisting Liam with uh, as part of the first team staff is is fantastic so I, I Simon's Simon's a fantastic guy I, I missed Simon at the start of last season but for, for those who don't know it would probably be worth Going back to the beginning and explaining exactly where he started and probably how you how you met him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as people know, I I was involved with the juniors for a, for a long time, um, and about probably about five years ago now, I I put one of the usual adverts out saying if anyone wants to get involved in coaching to to drop us a line and, and come and meet us. Um, Simon came over from his home in Berry, uh, hasten to add, Berry as in miles away because he wanted to get involved in, in grassroots coaching. He didn't mind where he started, but he saw our advert and we were lucky that he he came to us. But from the minute he joined us, he's, he's been a revelation. He, he'd you know, throw his hat in to do anything. He, he's taken two or three different teams. Now he's taken the, the team that my son's in right the way through from, I think it was under eights, right through three to 13s that he's in now. Um, he's helped with little kickers. He's helped with the academy. He's done anything you can ask you for. He's helped with the committees, the, the lot. Um, and when, when I stepped away from the juniors, last summer uh obviously you know i've known liam for a long, long time i asked liam for a, a favor and i said will you do me a personal favor and, and will you will you allow simon to come down and shadow you for first team pre-season so you can so he can see what's going on he wants to be a, a professional coach and, and can he come and see you and terry uh, now liam won't just let any old random into training as, as i'm sure you'll appreciate but he, he he took my word that simon's not an axe murderer and he allowed him into pre-season training and and uh I got a nice phone call just before I went on holiday in the summer saying that he was actually going to ask him if he'd like to stick around as part of the staff for the season. So I'm delighted with with what Simon's done and what he continues to do for the club. And like I say, if he, if he doesn't get the Unsung Hero Award, if there is one, then there's no justice. He's a, so Simon's he's still only, only quite a young lad and um, still comes a couple of times a week down from Manchester where he's looking after various youth teams that we've got and... Uh, along with his new responsibilities with the first team, and and he he's he's just an all round brilliant guy. You know, I, I saw the talk of the the community, uh, the community teams on on, on Port Chat at the beginning of the week. Um, you, you know, and of, of course we we the community setup is is there for the, for the kids, but the way that the way that 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 one particular coach has progressed is also really really good to see. He's a great lad. I wish him all the best, and and you know hopefully he's involved for. And he's a volunteer as well. That's the other yeah. thing. We can't forget he's a volunteer. This is all stuff he does off his own back, out of his own pocket. 
he, he puts in so much time, it's ridiculous, as do everybody. Anyway, that's um, that's my last little say on the community teams, Nick. Um, Dan, tell us about the unit lottery. Yeah, the Unity Lottery is a uh, former Players Association weekly lottery um, that uh, we get 50% of all of the sales that, uh, that are made for the lottery come into the former Players Association and we split them equally between the, the FPA and the community teams. Uh, one in 63 chance of winning, it's only a pound a week, £25,000 top prize, £1,000 second, £250 third. Uh, if you want to enter, go to the former Players Association website, which is southportfootballclub.co.uk or there's links on port chat on, on the forum as well. Right, so we uh, brings us nicely on to our previews. We've got two previews to fire through this week. Uh, we are away to Spennymore Town uh, tomorrow or tonight, yeah, as you'll probably be listening to this on Tuesday. Um, Dan, tell us a little bit about our previous meetings. Yeah, so Spennymore Town was oh, born we, in the summer of 2005. I am a pedant, so... Spennymore United and uh, Evenwood Town merged in 2005. So although we had never faced Evenwood Town, um, we did face Spennymore United on six occasions. Oh. And yes, that first time was 1975 in the FA Cup, <laughs> in the game that everybody wants to forget. Uh, Tommy O'Neill put the Sanger on as a head, but then the uh, Northern League underdogs, as they were then, uh, cruised to a 4-1 win. Terrible year for Southport that year. Uh, encapsulated it more than any other that result uh, and there at the very next meeting the board passed a motion of no confidence in the chairman Tom Robinson so no pressure Ian Kyle uh, a week later he resigned to avoid further undermining the club's position so I don't think we'll be in that situation this time thankfully um, those two clubs United and Southport only met twice in the league and that was in 2003-04 another defeat 3-2 and the other one was a 2-0 victory but yeah after they reformed in 2005 as Spennymore Town they've been much more regular opponents in league and cup Record's not much better, though, unfortunately. Out of 12 games played, still only won twice. They were both at home. We've never beaten Spennymore Town away. Uh, and even if you include United, they're still in that one win away from home back in March 2004 when Super Neil Robinson scored twice in that. Uh, last time we played them was April this year at Haygav. We drew one all. Goal being scored by Connor Woods. Uh, man of the match was Tyler Walton. Um, there's quite a number of former players that have played for one of the Spennymore clubs. Uh, Graham Atkinson, Bill Colclough, Lee Ellison, Ralph Wright, Adam Blakeman, our friend Nathan Lowe, friend of the pod, Ben McKenna and Frankie Mulhern. <laughs> friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. <laughs> friend of the pod. Fantastic. <laughs> 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 Jay, do you want to talk to uh, ones to watch? Um, she, uh, no, ask me about the form instead. <laughs> Jay, Jay, do you want to tell us about the form? The most recent feature was they, they beat Banbury United at home 2-1, but before then, they uh, don't have a first-class win uh, since the end of August. Uh, they did get uh, a win against Shildon in the Durham Challenge Cup. I wonder if Ooh. they feel I wonder if they feel about their county cups the same way we feel about ours. Um, but aside... I don't love them as much as me. <laughs> I'll start... I'll just mute Dan a second before he goes off on county cups again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they've hit the I don't think they've hit the heights of their expectations um that they were they were aiming for. One to watch uh, would probably be Glenn Taylor. Um but they're they're generally struggling anyway, uh, all across the board. They're down in down in sixteenth, say with with that, that one win recently, but apart from that, they're struggling and uh, you know, hopefully. I think hopefully Paul win. I think for that one. Okay, uh, key info, Mr. Bond, tell us about it. Yes, so it's the brewery field. It's one of them fixtures. When the fixtures came out, I was so gutted it was on a Tuesday night because it's one of the best aways 
of the season. Um, I mean, their motto um, for that ground is like affordable football, like in the best quality, or something like that, if I can remember correctly. But as much as it was a pain in the backside to get there because the nearest train station six miles away in Durham, it is still one of the best away days because of the bar, the food, the you know, everything about it. And it and it's cheap as well. I think it's um fifteen pounds to get well, it's fifteen pounds to get in, it's not too bad. Uh ten pounds if you concession, um, and five pounds if you're under eighteen to get in. Um there is a program called the Moors, uh, and that's priced at two pounds fifty. It has all the latest content um for the media team. Uh, interviews in there as well, Academy and Ladies News. But I mean, if you're interested in Southport, that's not be too interesting to you. But um, you know, same sort of thing. But um, yeah, the, the nearest train station is Durham, so it's six point one miles away. Um, you can either get a taxi or head on the number six bus route um, from Durham, and that will take you to Spennymore's ground. Excellent uh, predictions. Um, I, I'm going to go for. I think it's going to be a one-all draw. I think they'll get their uh, standard penalty. I believe the ref might be one that's been appointed from the northeast as well. We don't seem to have much luck against refs from the northeast, but I'm going to go for I'm going to go for a draw, one all. Uh, I'll go for one. Two-one win. I'll go for one-nil win. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to go one-nil as well, despite the ref being from Middlesbrough and me never seeing the Wolves win there and everything else. I'll go three-two Southport. Nice. We've all gone for a win this week, Nick. So this is where you embarrass us again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, if this if this continues, if my run of form continues, I want some sort of award, you know, a, a medal or a statue of some description. Um, right, let's move on to Buxton. Uh, we are at home to Buxton on Saturday. Yay, because I've missed being at home. Um, feels like it's been a long time, nearly a month. Um, Dan, tell us about our previous meetings with Buxton. Okay, our first match with Buxton came in our first season after we came out of the Football League in 1978. It was a one-all draw in front of 490 people in Buxton. Uh, the last time we met was our Northern Premier League title winning season of 92-93. But the most notable game that we've probably had between the two teams uh, was on the 16th of April 1991 at Main Road, the home of Manchester City. Uh, now, the visitor had a very cheesy headline. Three days later, EI Adio, we won the cup. Uh, so we won 4-1 uh, in the Northern Premier League Cup Final. Not my headline, don't, not, don't mock me. 4-1 uh, winners in the Northern Premier League Cup Final. Um, the interesting bit for me, and this is where I get on my soapbox about these Cups competitions, um, it was considered by the paper the club's first major trophy since they listed the Liverpool Senior Cup in 1974-75, and the celebrations went on into the wee small hours of the morning. So there you go. So it just shows you what those competitions can do, doesn't it? Anyway, the Southport lineup that day, uh, Paul Moore in goal, uh, Stephen Baines, uh, Bimson Mooney, Howard Smith, McDonald, Wellings, Holden, Gamble and Whitehall. So some legends in there. Uh, but of all the players known to have played for both clubs, there is one absolute standout in there. And that's Leroy Dove. Um, I don't even know whether you lot are old enough to even remember him, but he was incredibly popular on the terraces. Uh, we got him from Buxton a couple of months into the 92-93 title winning season. He'd been their player of the year in 89-90 and 1991. He even appeared against Southport at Main Road in that final. Uh, he made 229 appearances for them. Uh, he won the score sheet 45 times for them. Uh, but one little known fact is he'd already actually notched one goal in his Southport career before he even signed for us. Because in April 91, before we faced them in that cup, we played them twice in the league and Leroy put one through his own goal, probably to seal a move to Hagaf. 
Um, so we brought him in as cover for Derek Goulding when he got his injury, uh, but he ended up making 220 appearances from us in all competitions, 17 goals, and the last time he played for us was a two-all home draw with Leek in the 97-98 season. He was an absolute legend at both clubs. So it'd be lovely if he was there on, on, on Saturday. I don't know whether it's possible. Maybe I should try and get hold of him. I'll remember. I remember Leroy Dove. I am. I am old enough to. Um, I think some of the other people on the call might not have even been uh, been born. Oh, don't even oh. say that. Sorry. Shudder. Shudder to say that. More importantly, um, Dan, do you actually have that copy of the Visitor in the archives? Of course, Come I on it's difficult to do that on an audio podcast james i might be looking at you now but i'm not sure that the listeners can appreciate me holding up a copy of the visitor naked <laughs> you all have clothes on just yes. clarify yes strongly clarifying that, that point um okay uh jay do you want to tell us uh, about the form guide uh they're down 19th from the table um I think they they've uh, they've had a couple of decent results in the FA Cup. They've knocked out uh, Bamba Bridge and Hyde United recently, so they got a win. They got a win against uh, Spennymoor Town. Um, I didn't realise that that manager Jamie Vermilio, formerly of uh, Chorley, is actually also a headmaster. Um, so it's probably a good job Noel isn't on because then we'd have to cut an extra twenty five minutes out of the podcast. Um, <laughs> but again, it, 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 another one that they haven't really hit heights lately, and hopefully, it's another game that we should we should probably or hopefully win. Uh, Mr. Bond, key info for that game. Obviously, it's back at Haygav. Yeah, first time preview of the game at Haygav. Um, pretty standard if you've been there before. Parking non-existent. You have to park on the road. Um, but <laughs> but for most people, it's easy enough to get to. Obviously, if you've got your season ticket, you get in. Uh, anyway, if not, it's £15 in a stand for adults and £13.50 uh, for a standing sort of terrace uh, ticket. Um, I think concessions 10 now, I want to say. I think. Uh, and then under 18s are £5 each. Um, obviously, the food in the ground is uh, from Lord's Deli. We touched on that last time. Obviously, you know, drink inside the ground. Um, the bar is open, I believe, at 12. I don't, I've not heard anything about them being a happy hour or anything like that on, like there was last time. I'm guessing there's not. Um, but the early game, the early Premier League game, uh, is Leicester City against Manchester City. Um, so should be a good game to go to anyway. Um, but yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, first game of Hagar for a while. Um, so yeah, really looking forward to it. Well, I keep an eye out on the club social media. They may well announce a, a happy hour. We could we could always drop them a message and, and see if there is going to be. I think they were they were it went very well last time. I it they went were, well, yeah. yeah, they were keen to keen to keep going. Excellent predictions for that one. Well, let's also encourage people to buy a program as well. So I collect programs. I Sorry, know yes. people collect them as well. £3.50, I think they are. Um, I, I say I don't, I'm not 100% sure because I buy them anyway. Um, but I've written about 300 articles, or it feels like that over the next few weeks. We've got about six home games on the trot. So I feel for Rob having to prepare that many programs in a quick, such a quick turnaround. So if you want a program, please, please get one. Predictions for the game? Um, I think I'm going to go for a 3 0 win for that one. I predict, football will be the, I predict football will be the winner. Oh, that's a <laughs> uh, I'm going to say 2-0 Port, I think. I'm going to match that. I'm going to say 2-0 as well. I'll go 3-1 to the Port. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll go out the box. 6-2. Uh, 6-2, wow. Hey, big spender. I'll, 
And I, I've, I've not done a non-ball prediction all season, so it's not going to end there. Six-two. Oh, prediction on his port on his port chat podcast debut. Um, just wanted to mention one other thing though. If you do have a Southport season ticket or an Everton season ticket, um, tomorrow night at Haygap, it's Hertha Berlin uh, under twenty ones against Everton under twenty ones. Obviously, it's free entry if you've got a Southport season ticket. Kickoffs at seven o'clock, so if you're around, um, pop in. There's the bars open inside the ground, and also Lord's Deli's on. Um, so it's always worth you know a free game. Um, especially when it's a European game, which my brother-in-law lives in Berlin. I'll dig out my hair to shit. Definitely got to be done. Should be should be game also on the twenty ones. Um, but you know it's nice to see Everton in Europe. Um, some of us don't see <laughs> very often. Uh, Nottingham Forest. I've wait. How long have we gone without me mentioning Liverpool today? It's you know I've not had any. You know. You've done yeah. very well for you. You've and they enough. lost at the weekend, and we won. And I can you know I can. Um, I've not mentioned it yet. The bonus, now I have. The bonus for Everton tomorrow night is that Pierluigi Colina's the ref. Oh, we went there. We went there. <laughs> we? Hey, well, that brings us to a conclusion uh, for this week. I just, well, before we, we uh, go, I just want to say happy birthday to Port Legend Terry Ferns celebrating his birthday Absolutely. today. Happy birthday. Legend happy birthday, Terry. Terry and we'll uh, hand over to Mr. Bond, who's going to leave us with a little bit of uh, information and sign us all off for the evening. Um, yes, yeah, so if you wanted to get involved, um, obviously your feedback and uh, constructive criticism is always appreciated. Uh, the sensible sort of feedbacks, um, obviously, we'll get on the pod. So if you did want to send a voice message to us, uh, we'll include the link in the description. Um, and obviously the most, you know, sensible suggestions or the most sensible questions will be read out and we'll answer them on the next pod which will go entirely against the flow of the pod having such such sense being read yeah. out yeah but but you know we'll, we'll get there somehow <laughs> excellent right good night everyone it's been a pleasure take care bye everyone brings us to the end of the Port Chat podcast for tonight. All that's left to say is to pass you over to Mr. Bond to uh, do a little outro for us. Yes, take you six. want to get involved? <laughs> take six. <laughs> Go. <laughs> I to start it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was in my flow. <laughs>